Thank you. It's great joy to be with you again. You can be seated. It's exciting to see that you have got such a lineup for your conference. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be a really wonderful time, and I feel that it can't but be part of what the Father is actually saying to the house right now, for the, and uh, particularly with the lineup of speakers that you have. And uh, I, as a planet shaker, I have a great deal of respect for Pastor Russell and for the other speakers. Um, and I know that a lot of people see the public Pastor Russell, um, but we've seen the private Pastor Russell a lot. And uh, he's the real deal. And he lives with God, he listens, and if the Father says it, he does it. And I think it's... Uh, secret of that uh, great move across the world right now that it is, is because of some simple, simple obedience. Father said it, he does it. Uh, you can't get it more simple than that. Um, I want to thank you, Pastor Tark and Adrian, and everyone this morning for the joy of being back, the privilege of being back. I have been leaning in to see what Father would say on this occasion, and... Um, I, I, I've been burdened, I, I don't know, I guess I say this every time I come, but I'm, I am genuinely burdened that this year is, is something very different going to take place. Um, I see a, um, I listed about four things that I uh, began to see as I interceded for the church body here, and I saw a, a quantum leap forward this morning that was on God's uh, calendar for this year. And I'm not saying it lightly. I don't think it's going to be a, a bit of a shuffle forward. I don't think it's going to be just taking a normal kind of stride. I think there's a quantum leap forward, uh, a significant change coming in the life of the church. And that's God's intention for this year. But it's all to do with this a word supernatural. And I believe God is going to give a fresh revelation of the supernatural power of God uh, um, rather than previously established methods. I see the conquest of nations being accelerated. I see uh, not only the conquest of this nation, but the conquest of the nations being accelerated. And as I was leaning in and praying into this, I... I felt that the next three years in particular, there would be an unprecedented number of young men and women with a Joshua-mindedness. By that I mean a conquest-mindedness, an abandoned mind, uh, abandoned heart for the purposes of God and the global cause of Christ. And it was like, I don't know why, but the, uh, it's like the next three years is going to come like mushrooms out of a lawn. You know, it's, it's, it's like going to be a, a surge of hunger and passion. Uh, and uh, so the whole church needs to rally to that and, and support these ones as they start popping up their hearts and their desires. Um, be sure you're one of those that encourage them when they do. Um, I saw a training situation um, which uh, would facilitate the, this new generation, and I saw that it was uh, willing to be independent of previously accepted norms of Bible college environments and curriculums and things. It was a highly, highly intentional environment to see global conquest take place. Um, when I re 
praying about that, I said, Father, this looks like a year of supernatural breakthrough for this church. And I really felt an affirmation in my spirit. And if it's a supernatural breakthrough for unlimited, guess what that actually means? It means it's a year of, un, of supernatural breakthrough for you. Uh, because uh, Pastor Tark is, a ch- is the minister, but you're, you're the church. And so if you're the church and God wants supernatural breakthrough for the church, that means every individual right here, right now, should be be- start believing for that in your own environment, in your own vocation, in your own family, in your own ministry, in your own purpose, in your own calling. You should be expecting not a little shuffle forward or even a decent stride forward, but for something that is truly an remarkably supernatural uh, because we are called to be a supernatural people living a supernatural life we we do represent a supernatural Christ and the world needs to see that in our lives and who we are I've never been more convinced of this and so as I was leaning into that this thought supernatural breakthrough and to impart the desire and passion and, and hunger for that and then the Lord spoke to me And I thought, whoa, wait a minute. Because he said, you really shouldn't be telling them the hunger for a supernatural breakthrough. Because a supernatural breakthrough is the result of a supernatural encounter. And I felt God say, no, what I want you to say is this, supernatural breakthrough is the fruit of supernatural encounter. You can't have a greater breakthrough than the encounter that empowers the breakthrough. And I looked up in the dictionary this word uh, encounter. It means this, to come upon or meet with, especially unexpectedly or suddenly. And so the the breakthrough that I'm talking about, the, the encounter I'm talking about, would be just as well termed the gate crash of God. Uh, It's that moment when there's a supernatural invasion into our world of the natural from his world of the spirit and suddenly that we know that we know in our Noah that God's just turned up and we have had an encounter that has been a life-changing experience. Um, And friends, uh, that's the key thing. If you have an encounter with God, something changes. We have a life-changing experience. Now, an encounter is where we, it can come in different ways, but it's where we experience a significant visitation of the Holy Spirit and of Father's heart. And that can be a direct voice from the Holy Spirit to us, commissioning us for a task, or it can, in fact, be just the simple presence of God in which we experience Father's heart in a very intimate way, but we do know that in that moment we have been changed forever. And so I want to minister on this thought of encounter being a life-changing intervention. Let me just start off by saying that without the place of encounter, there is no revelation. And we're called to be a people that live out of revelation. We're not called to be a people that live out of informational strategies or methods. We are called to be a people that hear the heartbeat of God. You know, living this Christian life, I'm 72 now. I've been at this 53 years preaching. And I'll tell you what, it's never been more simple. Yeah. 
here and obey. <laughs> you can't get it more simple. You, you have to pay the price to hear his voice, then have the courage to do what he says. But that comes back to having an encounter. We have to be people, men and women of revelation. And even when you do get the commission from God, you'll never fulfill it without supernatural encounter because supernatural encounter empowers that. And as I was continuing to pray into it, I felt this church is called to be one that empowers the transformation of nations. And I was praying about that, and the Lord just said, do you know what a transformer really is? And I began to list a few things that I thought would happen, you know, if you brought transformation to a, a place and that sort of thing. And he said, no, no, no. And uh, I'm old enough to remember the uh, suburbs when I used to live in Manurewa, and uh, they had a big steel box. In the, every suburb had one of these big steel boxes called a transformer. Anybody ever, you know what I'm talking about out there? Okay. And, and these power lines uh, that carried between 400 and 700,000 volts somehow poured that enormous amount of power into the transformer. And then somehow that transformer had the capacity to take 500,000 volts and distribute it to the needs of mankind at 240 volts per family. Extraordinary. And so it was, you know, do you all remember those boxes? They had signs on them. Post, plug your toaster in here and you'll land on Mars. You know, it's, it's yeah, the, the power, the, sim, the power that was in that thing was extraordinary. Extraordinary. And yet it had the capacity to meet the needs of mankind exactly in the measure that they needed it. And, and Father spoke to me and says, that's who I've called you to be. I've called you to be a transformer, a carrier of the power and demonstration of God, and yet carrying the power of God in such a way that you meet the needs of mankind and society. So I want to just uh, build on that now. Um, this is, by the way, miracle. Do happen. Miracles really happen. I have been brought screaming into the 21st century. I have preached from notes for 53 years. And finally, my son and everybody else said, Enough! Get an iPad. So. I'm hoping it will cooperate. <laughs> I, my, uh, the, probably the, the, the fundamental thing that I want to get through to you in our remaining time together, and, I, I, and if you forget everything else, please don't forget this. The place of encounter, that place where we experience the Holy Spirit of God visiting with us, Father's heart talking with us, the place of encounter fundamentally changes who you are. And therefore, what you are capable of. 
Now, I, I, I'm going to leave it up there for a moment. I want to say it again. I want to drive it into your spirit because it's not good, hot, Pentecostal rhetoric. It's a reality. I have experienced it time and time again. I might tell you a couple of those, but the place of encounter fundamentally changes who you are and therefore what you're capable of. Now, in Joshua chapter 1, we have this experience with Joshua. Maybe we could have a look at Joshua chapter 1 and verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, and he said, Moses, my servant, is dead. One era is finished, another era is beginning. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am given. I want you to notice the words. To the land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. So, take a look at that scripture. Is there anything vague about that? No, it's incredibly clear that you obey me, you go in, you possess the land, that's your calling on your life, that's the commission on your life, go in and possess the land. And that became the life call of Joshua. And for the rest of his life, this call, this commission, drove the heart of Joshua for the rest of his life. So it was empowering. It empowered him to cross the River Jordan. It empowered him to put his feet on the promised land. And it was an incredibly significant encounter. But there came a moment when it wasn't enough. There came a moment when no matter how empowering that commission was and the promise and the prophecy of that, it wasn't enough. And that was the day that Joshua came around the corner and he saw Jericho. Because Jericho was impregnable. Jericho had never been taken. Jericho was the city that screamed out and defied, you will never possess the rest of this land because you can't get past me. Jericho was that thing which denied all the future promises of God and when, Jerry, when Joshua saw Jericho, and here's what I'm going to get across, when Joshua saw Jericho, it would have been so easy for him to say, oh, well, I'm, I, I'm not, who cares? I mean, I know what I'm called to do. I know what I'm commissioned to do. Hey, I experienced Joshua chapter 1, 1 to 3. God called me. God commissioned me. Uh, I know exactly what I'm, I'm gifted for. I'm empowered for it. I, I, I don't care about that. But you know what? He could have so easily said, I can do this on the basis of my life calling commission. But it's not enough. It's not enough. You see, my friends, I know that I'm called. I know what my life commission is. It has empowered me all my life. For 53 years now, it still empowers me. But there are moments when we come across a Jericho, a Goliath, a giant in the middle of the street that says, listen, I am not your average everyday leadership challenge. I'm not your, I'm not your everyday challenge of life. I'm, uh, your life call will take care of that. Your commission will take care of that. But Jericho, sometimes a prince power just stands right there 
in front of you and says, because of me, you cannot fulfill the rest of the will of God. And when something like that happens, my friends, you don't lean back on what you have experienced yesterday. You come before God and you cry out with hunger and thirst, knowing your desperate need, and you have a fresh encounter. You have a new encounter. And in, we find that Jericho was a gateway moment. You see, Jericho wasn't just any city. Jericho was the gateway to the rest of the promised land. And there will come moments in your life when, when you know that, that what you're facing in those moments and that challenge, that situation, it can either open up the rest of your future for God or it can deny it to you. And in those moments, my friend, you need a fresh encounter. And so it was that in chapter 5 and verse 13, Joshua had a fresh encounter. Even though he had had Joshua chapter 1 encounter, he had a fresh encounter. And it came to pass when, I'll paraphrase it, but it's up there. But God turns up. It wasn't an angel, it was Jesus. And he turns up and Joshua has to take the shoes off his feet for holy ground. And I want you to notice that then in the scripture, he not only says, <laughs> I love this, he not only says that he's the captain of the army of the Lord of hosts, etc., but if you go on with the scripture, it says that I have not only given you the land, but the final phrase of that in verse 2 of chapter 6 says, I have given Jericho into your hand. He didn't, it was got very specific, and I gave him, I've given you Jericho and his king and all its mighty men of valor. And the result is an incredible miracle. We all know about that miracle. But as I read it, I realized something. The fresh breakthrough, the supernatural breakthrough demanded first that Joshua had a fresh encounter. Then the level of your encounter will always determine the level of your breakthrough. You will never have a greater breakthrough than the level of your encounter. And my friends, I'm I encouraging Christians all over the world to have a year of supernatural breakthrough, but I'm suddenly realizing that in order to have a supernatural breakthrough, you are going to have to have a supernatural encounter. Friends, it's always been that way. Think about the disciples. The disciples had been with Jesus three and a half years. Jesus, uh, they had seen miracles, they had preached, they had done these amazing stuff. It was incredible. But then there came a moment. There came a moment when their global conquest was going to go to a higher, totally different level. It wasn't going to be local anymore. It was going to be global. And I really felt, Pastor Tark, this whole global thing really surging forward. And, and for the disciples, they had come to a time when their global conquest was going to go to an entirely different level. And suddenly, John 20 wasn't enough. Had they experienced God in, in John 20? Yeah, they'd been born again. Jesus had breathed on them. But suddenly, it wasn't enough. Why? Because of what God was then going to call them to do. And he says, no, uh -uh, you've got to tarry for this one, and you get aside in the room, and we know what happened in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. We have, um, let's put that one up. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, but you shall receive power. And I love that word, dynamis. 
miraculous, supernatural, powerful force when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And my friends, when, when, when were they going to be equipped for the task? Oh, when the Holy Spirit came upon them. But I want you not to gloss over that just because you've heard it a few times. You take a look at who those disciples were. Oh, it had been wonderful that, that, that Jesus had turned up. It had been wonderful that he, the resurrection had taken place. But they were so completely befuddled about who they were and where they were going and what they were going to do. They were all meeting together. There was all sorts under the sun in that one room. And they're all wondering, what does the future lie? Oh, my goodness me. Uh, you know, we're going to pray and pray, but what's going to happen? And suddenly... There's a visitation of God and they go from this befuddled group in a room to suddenly bursting out the door, speaking in languages they'd never learnt in the classroom and doing miraculous supernatural things that were unachievable to humanity. And, and 3,000 souls get saved in a day. Why? Because they had an encounter. They had a supernatural encounter who fun, which fundamentally changed who they were. Therefore, what they were capable of. It qualified them to become transformers to nations. And then you go with a man named Thomas. <laughs> Thomas turned up in the John 20 time when Jesus turned up to the disciples. Thomas came in late for the meeting. <laughs> That's never a good thing to do, is it? And, and, and Thomas turns up late for the meeting. And, and so he walks into the meeting and, and uh, all the, the disciples are bubbling over and they're saying, oh, you won't believe what took place this morning. Uh, uh, Jesus turned up. Jesus turned up. Jesus actually in the room. And, and you'd think if all these guys that he'd been traveling with for three years Think of them, Peter and James and John, and they're all telling him about Jesus in the midst. You'd think the man would be so excited. No, no, no. His response is, rubbish. What a lot of baloney. <laughs> Jesus turning up in the midst. That's ridiculous. And he even goes as far as to mock them. And then he says, if he doesn't turn up right in front of me, and show me his hands and his feet, I will not believe. That's quite a statement, isn't it? Oh, I'm not going to believe. Not you lot. I mean, it can ten of you tell me the truth, but I won't believe it. And you know, when you take a look at Thomas's life, it, that was the mark of his life. He was the unbeliever. He was the questioner. He's the, he was the one who will, ah, nah, 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 nah. Friends, he had a lifetime of not believing. And so he makes this ultimate challenge. And I love the fact that Jesus took him up on it. Yeah. Then suddenly he's standing there scoffing. Jesus suddenly there. I love the fact that he didn't use the door. He's just beamed me down, Scotty. And he's standing right there. And, and of course, what, what Thomas just falls on his knees and he said, oh, God. And he has himself an encounter. But my friends, I'll tell you something. He got off his knees and he went out and he became an apostle of faith and miracles and he blazed the gospel across Asia and India 
who've laid the whole foundation for the church in India, and they say that the miracles and the power of God through this man was extraordinary. Now, my thing is this. How long did it take? How long did it take to transform a doubting, unbelieving, negative, ridden human being into an apostle of faith and demonstration of power? Come on, how many years did it take brainwashing him to get him to change? It took one supernatural encounter. It took one supernatural encounter that changed him forever. It changed who he was, therefore what he was capable of. It qualified him to become a transformer. You have the story, I better move quickly, but you have the story of uh, uh, Moses. I'll paraphrase all this one, but Moses came to one day to a burning bush experience. But what a lot of people gloss over, (laughs) a lot of people gloss over, my friends, is that he had been a shepherd, a Midianite shepherd for 40 years. 40 years. Do you know what Moses' life existed of? Come on, get real with me. What did his life exist of? Oh, it existed of coming out of his tent flap in the morning and dust and sheep. Sheep. And dust, dust and sheep, sheep and dust, sheep and dust, sheep, more sheep. Oh, sheepy, sheepy, sheepies. Dust, 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 sheep and dust, dust and sheep. And next morning he gets up. Oh, more dust, more sheepy, 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 dust, dust, dust. And, and you know what? He didn't do that for a week or a year or a decade. His whole world was sheep and dust with the odd person chucked in for 40 years. That's older than some of you have been alive. What happens to you in 40 years? Oh, that becomes your identity. 40 years of sheep and dust, I'm telling you, he never, he couldn't even remember the days of Pharaoh or the courts. He'd had 40 years of sheep and dust and it had forged a new identity. That's who he was. And yet when he has his supernatural encounter, he goes from being a sheep and dust shepherd in the Midian desert to becoming a Pharaoh confronting leader of a nation. And I'm asking you again, how long did that take? What sort of schooling did he have? What sort of, uh, how long did it take to retrain the man? Oh, it took one supernatural encounter with God and the man was forever changed. It changed who he was and therefore what he was capable of doing. It qualified him to be a transformer. I know that some of you know the story so bear with me if you already heard it. About 26 years ago, 25 years ago, whatever it was, my, uh, the doctors told me that all my major arteries and most of my subsidiary arteries were all multiply blocked. They couldn't do any surgery on me. They couldn't do me a bypass. They couldn't do anything for me. I was to take what was left of my miserably short little life, go sit in a rocking chair and hope not to die by picking up a suitcase. 
Well, do I look dead to you? I came home and I got down on my knees and I said, my God, they have made it painfully clear to Margaret and I that this is the end of the road and nothing medically can be done for me. And I began to cry out to God and there after about two or three days just seeking the face of God, one day my father turned up in the room. Now I didn't physically see him, but his presence was powerful and he just said, go to this scripture. I grabbed my Bible, I read the scripture that he gave me and the scripture said, and a lion came roaring out to devour him and to tear him to pieces. And I said, yes, Father, that's exactly how I feel. He says, well, read the next verse. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon him and he tore it to pieces. And all I can tell you, my friends, is that in about three minutes flat, all anxiety or fear left my being and I knew in an instant the voice of my father saying, this thing can never kill you. And I got off my, I got off my knees, I came out and I went from this man with a miserably short little crippled life into being traveling the globe, the nations of the world, some of the toughest nations in the world. And at 72, still very much alive. Thank you. But how, how, what happened? I just had a supernatural encounter. My friends, you, you can get all the books, you can get all the training, you can get everything, but what you need is a supernatural encounter with God's heart. In October 2018, I had an unprecedented moment where I looked at 2019 and it was, I had one invitation for the whole year. And I said, this has never happened before. And it was almost like, I don't believe in retirement, so what, what's going with this? And I had plenty of things to do, uh, mentoring of other ministries that relate to me now, all that, but I, I, I got aside, and friends, don't, don't misunderstand some of the crisis times in your life. They shouldn't fill you with apprehension. They should fill you with expectation. You're about to have a visitation. And so I, I got a shine, I'll never forget it. Got under the trees down the back of my property and I began to cry out to my father. And, uh, and after two or three days of just seeking the face of my father, he spoke to me and his words came out. He said, I, it's not finished. He says, you're going to speak into more apostolic leaders and movements around the world in 2019 and 2020 than you've ever done in your life. And I said, oh, my God. And then suddenly two people, one from America, one from Australia, began to uh, confirm that word. And my friends, it came to pass. And 2019 was the most significant ministry year of my entire life. And it went from nothing to everything. But why? Because I got down on my knees under the trees and had an encounter with my God. You have to have a hunger. My friends, it starts this morning with hunger. How desperate are you? You see, Moses, and I didn't have time to go into it, but you know what? It says that, oh, please hear this. It says this. When God saw that Moses turned aside, 
Then he spoke to him. And my challenge to you is this. Are you willing to turn aside? Now, I know that nothing happens in life without momentum. God gave us momentum. God wants us to be people of momentum. But I'm telling you now, the gate crashes of God want to break into your momentum because God knows, even if we don't, how desperately we need a fresh encounter if we're ever going to fulfill the greatest supernatural breakthrough that he's called us to. Will you turn aside? That's the real question. Will you turn aside? Will you allow God to gate crash you? Will you make yourself available? Will you cry out? Because when... He saw him turn aside. Then he spoke to him. I wonder this morning, I deliberately, by the way, have not brought any resources or anything to sell this morning. But if you want to go to our website, we spent a heap of money just redoing our website so that it would be a fresh place of resource, free resources that empower the body of Christ. There are devotionals, there's one-minute clips, there's whole series, there's preaching, there's, there's look books, there's everything on there. And I'm telling you now, you need a feast on that which is going to empower you to live a supernatural life. And so I just uh, put that up there, that you will be empowered as you just feast on the stuff that's there. But this morning, I want to say this to you. There's nothing like a moment. There's nothing like a moment. And right now is the moment that God gave me to say this to you. And so this is the moment to make a decision. Are you wanting? Are you hungry? Are you desiring? Are you going to turn aside? See, God doesn't want your qualifications. God wants your availability. God wants your hunger. So I'm wondering here this morning with a, there's any that are hungry enough. And you're going to say in your heart of hearts, my God, uh, uh, this next few days, next few weeks, I am going to hit the diary. I'm going to find a way, but I am going to have myself a fresh encounter. Because I'll tell you something, you pray for breakthrough, but breakthrough is the automatic result of encounter. So I'm just wondering right now, how many are hungry enough? Because if you are, just stand right now and say, Father, make me hungry. Father, Father, call me. My God, speak with me. Father, I need a fresh encounter. I can think of at least five or six times in my life in the last few years where I've had a fresh encounter of of a totally life-changing nature. Father, I take these ones to you this morning, Lord, and I acknowledge that only a genuine work of your Holy Spirit can do that, which we cry out to you to do. But, oh, God, please take, please take these hearts. Please take these hands. Please take them, Father. And, Lord, in your wonderful faithfulness, I pray that over the next few days and weeks, Father, each person with a hungry heart here this morning will encounter your presence, will encounter your spirit, will encounter your power, will encounter your Father's heart in such a way that they will be forever changed. 
thank you, Father, for times of fresh encounter. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Tuck. I look forward to seeing you tonight because I want to carry on this theme tonight with something that leaps right out of what I've just said. God bless you. Oh, wasn't that great? Come on, put your hands together one more time.